Welcome to Listen With Your Eyes, the show that is heard, not seen. I'm your host, the blind guy, Callum Brennan, and on this podcast, we'll be discussing what it's like to live with a disability. Let's get started. This week, I'm once again joined by Juan. Hi there. And Dave. Hello. All right. Hello to you both, and thanks again for being back. Uh, first time back for you, Dave, and I know second or third for Juan. Yeah, uh, something like that. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I guess before we get into the meat of the episode, uh, you two uh, do know each other. I feel like. In previous episodes with the pair of you, you may have referenced each other at some point. Mm -hmm. Uh, He talked about me? Always. Yes. Yes. So, do you care to expand on how you came to know each other? Um, Yeah, I mean, really, it was uh, through Grinder, wasn't it, Dave? Yeah. Stuart, uh, we have to keep this PG. Let's go with the rehearsed version, shall we? Yes, yeah, sorry. No. Um, our eyes met across a crowded bar. Yes, as it often does for two blind people. Yeah. <laughs> it was love at first guide. Yeah. Certainly. Uh, sorry, I'll let Dave take the serious part. Why Why do you always leave the seriousness to me? <laughs> anyway, so we met at university. It was a, well, a relatively um, dry November evening, uh, and we met at a function at university. When I say a function, it was basically only three of us were there, me, Juan, and somebody else, uh, and somehow... I don't know what it was. We just seemed to just... Oh, sorry. Somehow, we just seemed to click straight away. Um, you know, kind of like... It, we, we just started talking, left the other person out. <laughs> and we were just talking all evening, all evening. I walked him back to his accommodation. On, on his way back to his accommodation, he... Called his then girlfriend, said, "Yeah, I've got a new boyfriend. Bye." Obviously, jokingly. Um, <laughs> if his current girlfriend's listening, that was a joke. Yeah, I think you find the current girlfriend is the current fiance. <sighs> I knew you'd pull me up on it. <laughs> uh, well, anyway. you know, it's, it's important. You know, she has the ring, Dave, not you. But um, yeah, yeah a lot of people like to of... make the distinction. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Um, but yeah I, don't, I think basically it was just the fact that we both laugh at everyone and ourselves wasn't it Dave that is just yep. you know it was that instant oh look you make funny jokes and noises oh look I make funny jokes and noises we can make funny jokes and noises together it sounds really immature but it's true <laughs> <laughs> Aren't a lot of, and then somehow we've been friends ever since. Yeah, yeah. I mean, aren't a lot of friendships immature at their core? Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. 
maybe it's not on the same level, but one I often think of with one of my best mates was like we were fre- we were friendly in primary school, but we became proper best friends in secondary school because of me being blind I was allowed to skip the lunch queue I needed someone to skip the lunch queue with me and that was him we both really liked oh, food yeah. Yeah. and that's yeah. how we became yeah. best friends that's a friend with benefits isn't it yeah basically uh, I, I had a rotation with that in school um, basically because I kind of knew that you're only doing this just to get into the dinner early so alright so basically I, I, I just had it on a rotation system all right. Well, the thing is, all, uh, my other, you, you can... all, all my other friends had packed lunches, so... Ah. Yeah. So you were the friends. Yeah. So I was anyway, like, yeah. why not? I, I, I mean, Just trying to figure out, Dave, how long is it that we've known each other? Was it 2017? Uh, it was, yeah, because that was the year I started Universe. Oh, my oh. God. We are coming up to our five-year anniversary. Oh, my. Yeah. I mean... I'm sure it will feel like 10 years with the lockdowns and pandemic. Uh, no, no. Juan G- G- uh, is one of those only people that makes it feel like time is not long enough. You're so sweet. Uh, yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Reciprocate, Juan. Reciprocate. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I kind of hope you weren't expecting a really really serious conversation between me and Juan. Oh no. yeah. I mean no, it's not gonna be. we might get some serious points who knows but I think considering what our topic is we we're going to be you know making some jokes and stuff because let's look at that for a segue um because because we're not able to look at it so please do uh but uh <laughs> we are going to be sort of exploring comedy as a topic i suppose uh we'll see how you know we manage to branch out but i suppose some things we could explore is like how as has been discussed i think on many previous uh episodes of this podcast using comedy as a coping mechanism at times mm-hmm. but i suppose this this is kind of coming from uh recently uh dave you uh were saying you att- attended and your f- first open mic night in a while or ever uh, no yeah it was my first open mic night ever mm. um i took the plunge i've <clears throat> bear with me a few seconds yeah frog in the throat <laughs> Uh, over lockdown, I started to think about, right, you've always wanted to try stand-up comedy. You've got the time now. And then, you know, as lockdown did, it's like, oh, yeah, I'll I'll try that. And, and it got waylaid. And then I was having a conversation with a friend uh, the other month about, you, you, you know, trying to get them to push themselves to do something uh, out of their comfort zone. And then I just sat there thinking... I I've been trying to yeah, don't be a hypocrite. My... Exactly. So um, the next day, I just decided, right, let's uh, uh, finish this routine that I had at the time. Um, it's uh, and the routine I had is all about how my foreskin caused COVID. It's a good start. Well, thank you, thank you. 
I mean, uh, the, you know, can't say it's not an intriguing title. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I'd I'd been writing, uh, you know, my standard material, mm-hmm. but then I thought, no, I, I, this, this this was quite a new thing at the time because um, I. Uh, Joan, uh, should I explain it or should I just leave it well, as a an enigma? I, I think the way that I could sum it up is that it definitely grows on you. I feel like an explanation would probably be good for people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, all right. Make me, uh, uh, well, if you want, Callum, what I'll do is I'll just do my routine now, and then you just cut out whatever you want. Okay. World first. Uh, well, so I start off basically by apologising to the whole world um, for what I'm about to say and what's going. Uh, y- you know, and this was going to be my fantastic first routine uh where talk about myself talk about my life but no i'm really sorry world i really need to apologize for something that i came to a realization about just the other month so the whole world has been going through a massive pandemic over the past two years one that none of us could ever see happening in our lifetimes certainly but I came to a startling realization and I'm glad I'm able to share it on this on this world platform that is a podcast. <laughs> My foreskin caused covid. No, okay. No, no laughter. Right, I'm, I'm not even going to continue. <sighs> anyway, so, uh you're probably wondering how how have I come to that conclusion? Well, so I have avoided having COVID for the whole of the pandemic until I was supposed to go into hospital for a circumcision. Now, I can kind of imagine both uh, all, all the men listening have probably just um, just winced. Don't want that happening on stage. I know. Um, and now you're all probably wondering, that's just a really weird series of events. Like, you just get COVID and... Well, ladies and gentlemen, let me take you down memory lane. Let's go back to November, December 2019. Now, that probably feel... That was only two and a half years ago. But probably because a lockdown makes it feel more like 25 but you shouldn't be able to remember anyway i was uh, just enjoying myself at one christmas eve just uh you know a little bit of alone time trying to make a, a very white christmas that year and all of a sudden a thought pops into my head why uh why is everyone's penises in pornos all circumcised? So I started to Google it. You know, because that's what you do. 
just have a random thought and then just think, yeah, I'm just going to Google it. Can you imagine what they did before they had Google? <laughs> Looking that up in libraries were <laughs> Libraries were definitely a different site back in the day before yeah. the internet. <laughs> Librarian, I need a book. <laughs> anyway, turns out, right, that I have a very tight foreskin. And you're probably thinking, what has this got to do with COVID? Well, what also started around November, December 2019, ladies and gentlemen? COVID-19. Oh, yeah, but it was started in China. That's what my foreskin wants you to think. It needs to be removed. Ah, oh, yay. Ah, oh, that's brilliant. Oh. That's being cut out, isn't it, Callum? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not so. Um, I was. I wanted to wait. I didn't know how far you were going, obviously, with the routine. No, sorry, that was it. Like, I do have yeah. a few extra little bits about yeah. how the fact that Juan was the first person I spoke to about uh, having a tight foreskin. <laughs> I just thought, I mean, and maybe you've purposely left some blanks, but in my head I'm sort of there like, you know, you've gone from Googling why a lot of penises are circumcised in porn to I have a tight foreskin. Seems a, there seems to be a gap okay. there. Yeah. <laughs> um, Were you in porn, Dave? <laughs> 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 and they, and they, they <laughs> wish they wish you just, you just haven't found the videos yet Callum <laughs> <laughs> I, haven't, I mean I'll be honest it's not I mean fair play to anyone who does but I'll be honest I don't really focus on the guy um, <laughs> <laughs> and with um, the sight I have I'd never no, I'd never noticed the, the revelation that Dave has thrust upon me <laughs> <laughs> um so it's a serious I, episode today so i uh basically i never had any major issues you know with having a tight foreskin in the bedroom uh but i just thought it was normal uh it was just certain you know positions that maybe didn't work as well or caused a tight foreskin and now, for anyone who's got a tight foreskin, you know it's an issue when basically a little bit of pain and it's like, no, you know what, let's just give up now. Let's just not do it. <clears throat> now, like I say, when I was watching porn that uh, beautiful, beautiful Christmas Eve, um, I just thought, like I say, the thought just crossed my mind. Just Why is it? Even though I was in the age of the internet when I was a teenager, so... You know, why Why is it at the age of 20, how old was I? I was 29. At the age of 29, I finally realised that, oh wait, my foreskin is way tighter than it should be. Well, I expect, unless you've had experience with kind of other penises. Yeah. I know, because you, uh, you weren't putting out. 
No, I know. I don't. Well, that's because we haven't. I oh, know we had gone on our first date by then, hadn't we? Um. Yes. Yes, we had. Yeah. We we took about a year to go on our first date together. Like we'd been out. Slow build. We'd. Or well, it wasn't until you know, uh, until one beautiful March afternoon that we decided we'll go Nandos. It's a classic venue for the first date. Other chicken, other chicken venues are available. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, yeah, not we're not we're not shilling Nando's. No. Yeah, no. I, I mean, I feel like it takes some people longer than it should. I mean, I'm not going to name him uh, for ov- reasons that will become obvious, but a mate of mine has. Uh, had a similar issue it sounds uh, to you Dave and he has had uh, his foreskin removed Um, but he actually um, it's surprising really that it took him so long to realise the issue he had because and I'm sorry uh, for making anyone wince here but he actually bled when having sex um, due to the tightness okay Luckily, um, mine wasn't that bad, so I didn't yes. see it as an issue because yeah. well, you know I wasn't producing blood. But this is why it's quite funny: is in his mind, his brain didn't, and it's one of those. It sounds ridiculous, but if we're brutally honest, I feel like this could happen to anyone. Especially, let's be honest: stereotypically, us men, we're not we're not very good at addressing medical issues. No, so but it's it's well, this so it's one of those things. Yeah, so it's one of those things. It is, there's a paradox because yeah. we always talk about willies and we always joke about willies and <laughs> he said willy yeah but we never actually talk about our own do we it's mm, always yeah. fun to like you know grab a textbook and draw a you know balls and shaft in a textbook and be oh. like oh look it's a willy but to actually sit down it is a massive thing to actually sit down and go mine is yeah See, this comes back to comedy and how we uh, use comedy as a coping mechanism, isn't it, Dave? Uh, no, because I wasn't joking. That's not a joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fine if you are, Dave, because as we learned from the wonderful film of Frozen, size doesn't foot size doesn't matter. So. <laughs> And yes, that's from one of my routines. But um, well, you know what they say about a man with big feet, big socks. Big socks. Yeah, I remember telling one of my uh, uh, friends' mums that because uh, she was getting a little bit of uh, uh, unwanted attention from some male colleagues, uh, and she didn't want to report it. So I, I just said, "Well, next time they say, well, you know what they say about people with." Uh, big feet and she was like what big socks and she started using that basically they didn't bother with her after that <laughs> I yeah. mean good good way to handle them I mean yeah I, I suppose yeah, I could say she, she didn't feel comfortable reporting it even though I was like doing it that's because I mean understandable why you know because I mean I feel like we'd go into a more of a serious topic than we were looking to but I feel like it's one of those things when someone reports someone for something that happened years ago you hear about in the media and everyone's there like oh why are they only reporting it now it's there like it's really not that easy to report yeah. things the moment they happen if any it's it's a lot harder because it's there like you know 
the repercussions feel like in your your mind just and obviously I can imagine this being uh, this will obviously vary I suppose depending on um, the group the social group you're a part of um, but it is like you know your mind will just be there like oh then this will happen this will happen this will happen this will happen <laughs> so, and my life will be over mm-hmm. yep and then what happens if people don't believe me um, yeah the, you know so it's uh, yeah, you're completely right. There's yeah. there's many, I mean, ma- many, many reasons why yeah. people don't I mean, report things straight away. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I compare it to, I know it's not on the same... Someone, when I said this to someone, I, I have had someone dismiss this because they said it's not the same, but I'd argue the point I'm trying to make is there, where it's it's like why... It's a similar sort of reason to why, you know, I got bullied for four years in primary school, um, and it's the same reason why I never reported on I never told on the bullies it's a similar sort of reasoning you know in the sense of that I'd be there like you know thinking no teacher would believe me or you know um, the bullies would come after me uh, for telling on them you know those kind of things it's a similar sort of reasoning I think but back to comedy (laughs) I suppose uh, I suppose a good segue is uh, from talking about bullies is, you know, a lot of, uh, so a lot of my, uh, I'm going to say my original material, but I'll just mean, you know, my starter material mm-hmm. is making light at my disability and myself yes. Yes. Um, as, a, as a, a massive coping strategy uh, because... I've had this pointed out to me a few times by friends. Um, won't name any names on this podcast, <sighs> even though one's with us. Um, that I just make light of my own um, shortcomings too easily, uh, and you know, I well, I actually have had a few other friends who think that I can't talk seriously because I make light way too much and I don't know for me it's just a massive coping strategy yeah it's think... not it's not that I'm not taking the issue seriously that we're mm. talking about it's more my built-in response says make a joke yes I do think because I'd agree with you like on that like certainly because as I said I was buddy in primary school and then it was around year nine so I was like 13 14 when I started to make some blind jokes and blind jokes became more and more uh you know and there was probably a point especially in sixth form where I was probably making too many Mm -hmm. um in the sense of I think it just but again like you said it was a coping mechanism and certainly as you said making light of things is just a way to deal with things. Then, um, like with my wife, it often would come up with her where she would say to me, "It's like," and I've learned, and I think this was a case of I've realised, you know, I had a late diagnosis recently of autism, so I think this is maybe through my autism that I didn't realise that there, like everyone says, you know, oh, there's always, you know, you know, making light of topic is fine, but there, there's always there's a point where sometimes it wouldn't be as obvious to me and you know people would say so oh, maybe don't make light of it now and it's uh, okay fine mm. but 
it, you know. it's like when when to use and when not to use humor isn't it it's when yes. to kind of mm-hmm. when to drop the guards because yeah i remember one of the first one of the best ones had it's quite quite dark um but i i've got a friend who uses a wheelchair um mm-hmm. and we were in high school and God, I, I can't remember how old it must have been but i kind of still hadn't had good enough eyesight at that point to push him so we're trundling along and i just said to him i said so um do you ever feel you that you'd be afraid of death? And he thought about it for a second, and he gave me an answer, and I just kind of over his shoulder went, I don't think I would be, because I wouldn't be able to see it coming. <laughs> and he just, he's there, I'm pushing him along, crying as I'm trying to keep the wheelchair steady. He's collapsing in the wheelchair as yeah. he's just, <laughs> we're there driving past people. And it kind of, it was only a few years ago, I kind of thought, was it, is that a bit too far? Was that? I, I don't even know what was going through my head, but I just thought it, it's a way. I think humor. Hu, we use we use humor in so many different ways to connect with people, to you know, make other people laugh, to make ourselves laugh. Yeah, um, I, but was well, like it I is, kind of go on. I kind of feel like mine and Juan's friendship, if you want to call it a friendship, Juan. Um, I'll. Uh, I'll throw the word out there. If you want to reciprocate at some stage, that'd be great. Um, but I, I, thought, I think I thought we had a bromance. I mean, rude. If you just want to call it a friendship, that's fine. Oh, sorry, sorry. I didn't realise we were making that public, like public, public. <laughs> uh, so, you know, as a result of our, uh, like, one of the things with our bromance is the fact that, like. Uh, uh, a good example is a few weeks ago. I'm sure we were we, we were just laughing about something, and then it 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 flipped into serious straight away. Um, and then you, you know we got the serious bit of the conversation out of the way, and then boom, straight into laughing about something silly like something silly. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, ability. I think that's why kind of Dave and I work so well together because we do have that ability to laugh at ourselves and each other and everything else and then go kind of into oh actually we do need to talk about this a little bit more serious um i think dave and i we've just kind of we've we've grown up in quite a similar way in that sense um in that actually kind of we're both quite quite deep and emotional i don't know about you dave um but it's just humor is just an easy deflection for me personally it's easy i usually say to people you know um if you don't laugh you cry so you might as well cry with laughter whenever they've said to me oh you're so happy and you make so many jokes and i'm just like yeah and i think that's because if i actually stopped to think about what i personally have been through it's actually pretty bleak at times and one of the only ways you can get through it is just by laughing at the complete and utter ridiculous nature was, that is life. Is another thing that's often said about comedians. Sorry if I slightly cut mm. you off there, but it's like it's often said, isn't it, about comedians that they are they arguably are the most like behind the scenes they're arguably some of the most depressed people you ever meet. Yes. Like at their core. Yeah. Like maybe not fully to your face, but even off stage but like you know in their 
and I, in a weird way, I think that sort of increased my want to do stand-up comedy when growing up, because, because you know, we've talked, I've talked about it plenty of times before. You know, I've I've had depression, so and but I enjoyed making the jokes. So I was there, like, you know, th- you know, and I still will say in the few times that I've managed to do stand-up, there is nothing like that feeling when you get a load of people laughing with what you're saying. So mm-hmm. like, I, so although they're laughing at you, even though in some cases laughing well, at you is the point. Um, they're laughing with you, yeah, exactly. aren't they? Because exactly. you're, you're the one who is creating, you're the one who's generating yes. the humour. Yes. Um, this is this is exactly how I f- feel and felt. Uh, so I'm not going to lie. I So I over... Uh, probably similar to uh, yourselves i overanalyze everything i say and do after this after this we finish recording this podcast i, I will probably be thinking oh right what did, did i say anything a little bit too much did i do this I uh, and i'll be Should way over analyzing it uh, oh my god i said foreskin way too many times <sighs> you know stuff <laughs> like that but yeah when when i done that stand up the other week uh, I also, sorry, just to add, I also done drama at college. Everyone knows I love performing, love playing D and D, love um, just anything acting related. Now, where, uh, for the first time ever, even though it didn't go as planned, it was the first time ever that I've actually come off a stage or stopped performing, and actually just went, you know what, that was actually really good. Despite the fact that it didn't go as planned, that is the first time I've ever felt. It's going to sound a little bit cheesy, but at home. Hmm. No, I get what you mean from the times I've been on. I've when I often started because I started doing stand up at RNC, so um, it's actually in this. So it would have been in my during my first year and during. Uh, Dewan's last year uh, mm-hmm. at the Royal College for the Blind and I still remember and I still think I got it like when I did stuff at uni but it was like the adrenaline rush was insane in the sense yeah. of I generally couldn't sit down <laughs> I'd just be there like it's like pacing like and I remember actually when we got back to RNC I was there like bit risky in a blind cottage yes but you know i i would be listening out and i do have a little bit of sight but i was for a bit i was just running up and down the stairs because i was there like i need to be doing something like i can't mm-hmm. sit still yeah <laughs> i can't so i was there like as uh so i need to i need to you know expel this somehow um you know um, yeah and it's kind of it it sounds like you had that real adrenaline buzz but um Yeah, I've kind of because I'm I'm the I've never done a full, you know I've never had a routine I've never done a show, um, and it sounds like you two just get absolutely so high off that feeling. It sounds amazing, but for me, I I think for me, I don't know. It's always been a way to try and connect with people. Yeah, um, sure. Because I've I've always felt kind of you know like a bit of an outsider. Um, I come from a very, very small community. Um, there aren't many kids with a visual impairment around. Um, I must have had my friend who's in a kind of uses a wheelchair. 
Um, and we got on lots and lots, and we'd often make the jokes together. But other than that, there weren't really any other disabled kids around. So for me, I always felt very, very alone when I was mm-hmm. growing up. So making people laugh was a way to get to know, well, the people to get to close to you, really, to get close to me. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, because in some cases it's dark, because even... Like even an example in say as I said you guys are you know this isn't your first episodes on this podcast the mm. episode Dave did you know we talk about how Dave had a stroke um, you know f- for any f- new time listeners go back and listen to if you want um, So, because I then decided to call it uh, different strokes for different folks and already see this, this is how much I, I just want to deflect that episode is I want to say, uh, I just want to make a joke about my foreskin again and talk about that type of stroke. <laughs> yes. But it's, but I don't know, like, you know, because I even had a moment where, because I've done a few pun episodes and there's all, there is that part of my mind that's there, like, do I need this, do I need to have this approved, you know, by, by the person in question? And some may argue I should, but I've always thought I'm not doing any, I'm not, being mean but then yeah I mean, and, uh, you know. like when I saw that title uh, I messaged you straight away just like that is beautiful <laughs> yes no uh, which I appreciate but because because this isn't us saying I think that you can do comedy about anything like there is a line because I do think in the modern day especially where there is a big argument I think it's fair to say um, in the world in general, but especially when it comes to comedy about what you're allowed to talk about and what you can joke about. And from my perspective anyway, I think it feels like at times some people are almost, they're using comedy as an excuse to be a prick, to keep it clean. (laughs) Yeah. As you know, it's like that, like they're almost like they're trying to use an excuse and this isn't me like saying everyone is there's just a few occasions where it's like oh we can't make jokes about this anymore and it's like no no you can't because <laughs> well, you know it was it um, was wrong then just people just didn't comment on it mm-hmm. you know it's that- about uh so we uh we we make light about our visual impairment yes um you know i make light about my uh, my manhood because uh-huh. that's what I have uh, but if I strayed into other uh, other um, other uh, defined characteristics under the uh, Equality Act 2010 if I strayed under them you, you know you could often question hold on where's your experience with this David yeah I think it's it's there's always a, I think there is a line because I'm not saying you can't touch on other minorities in some cases but the thing is it is a fine line and then it's very much what you have to be aware of and again I think this is what some people lose sight of no pun intended with us free talking about it um, <laughs> is you you shouldn't be punching down which is what a lot of comedians were doing. Uh, especially in the tw- in the twentieth century, uh, you know, when comedy came to its forefront, pe- the comedians were punching down. 
um, mm. you know, but you really you need to be punching across and up if you target any particular groups. This is like obviously some routine, as you said, can be about yourself, um, can be about just general things. Like you know, it's not a particular group of people. But I think that's where you know it comes into it and and this isn't me like pretending that I have the answer I don't you know I'm not saying I just suppose it's me when I recently went back home to visit family uh, my dad and I actually had a conversation about this because he was like he was this wasn't him like saying to clarify this wasn't him going oh the world you know oh you can't make any jokes now this was him just saying to me like as someone who's into comedy and wants to do more stand-up what's your opinion on on this stuff and yeah. you know so we had a chat about that you know because you know it's I don't know it's uh, you know I don't know do you, do you have anything you want to say on it no I think I think it's just different jokes for different audiences um that the, there's the title, different uh, jokes for different folks. <laughs> yes, yeah, there you go. Different jokes for different. Yeah, I think it's just different jokes for different folks. And humor is such an undefinable aspect because yeah, it, it comes to that beautiful bit in the life of Brian. Kind of, if you got the entire crowd, the entire crowd shouting, "Yes, we are all individual." This solitary voice at the back going, "I'm not," um, and it's just, it's, it's trying to find that level of humor. There is no level of humor for everyone, apart from actually, I lie. There is one level of humor for everyone, and it is dad jokes or cracker jokes. And there's actually very fart s- jokes. Well, especially <laughs> for I think for all men anyway. I can't speak for like. Yeah. Um, women, but like in my experience, pretty much a fart joke or a uh, sixty-nine will yeah. always get a chuckle from from one of my from mates. The boy. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, I, the thing is with one of my cracker friends, jokes. Yeah. The thing is with cracker jokes. Cracker jokes have very specific psychology behind them. The really cheap, like ninety-nine pence cracker jokes, mm. where they come out with you know what's brown and sticky, a stick, is yeah. that. They're always deliberately designed so that, A, everyone around the table gets it instantly. You don't need to explain it. You don't need to sit there thinking about it. You know it's a poor joke simply because it's in a cracker. Well, my but family, also, not everyone would get it, but that's by the by. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but the... But the they're although... also designed... Hang on. They're also designed so that everyone sits around the table and goes, oh... Yeah. And it's that shared connection, I think... <laughs> Yeah, it's those really crap. Oh God, those are awful jokes. You know, it really must suck to be a vampire. <laughs> um, and it's those awful jokes that bring people together as well. And I think that's really the only I mean, universal yeah. humor. They do stick with um, you. The one that I always remember is why does Santa never get ill? Because he has private elf care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, and I, I thrive off those types of jokes and. I love saying them to a group of people because, um, like, even though the groans are aimed at me for saying it, response is a response. Kind of, it, it gets a response, but it mm. also unites near enough everybody in the room. <laughs> Just for uh, despising it, you. 
Uh, yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, Dave again with his jokes. Yeah, no, I get that. It is funny, actually. I have talked to, um, you know, friends, my wife, my family about making jokes on stage and the different kind of laughs you get. <laughs> yeah. Like, because you get the laughs, you know, you get the full laughing out loud, which is obviously very nice. You get the ones where people, you know, where you can tell people are working out the joke and then laugh. Or you get the uncomfortable laughter, which is probably my favourite. Um, it's Because it's normally to do with any blind joke, uh, to be honest. Because, again, people are there, it's a... Uh, people they're like oh it's funny but i don't want to laugh it's cruel to laugh at him but he made it so it's fine but it still feels wrong uh my my first joke when i walked on stage uh the other week um so i go on with my lung cane because well pitch black until you get into the bright lights of the stage uh and my first joke straight off the bat is blind guy walks into a drum kit Uh, and that got an instant laugh which just put me so much at ease see I like how similar one I would make is that like I walked into a bar the other day it was my fault I wasn't using my cane properly (laughs) (laughs) or one I'd often do when I walked on stage is um, when I would say I'd walk on and be there like now I know what you're thinking looking at me and the answer is Yes, I nicked this off a guy when he wasn't looking. <laughs> well, see, there's times kind of... I, I haven't really done um, stand-up shows as such, but I've done quite a lot of talks for the likes of guide dogs and different charities here, yeah, there, and same, everywhere. Yeah, guide dogs, yeah. Um, yeah, and because, you know, it, it, it's always lovely being a guide dog speaker because you're able to give back to guide dogs. But sometimes, kind of, there are times where I've had to leave the guide dog at home um, I think there's one particular instance she was quite ill um, right. and I kind of I was stood up with Kane and said you know obviously I'm going to introduce myself my name's Dewan blah, blah, blah. and I'd, uh, I'd just like to introduce my sticky friend as well here he is a long mobility cane and thus I call him Michael Michael Kane nice and it just it, it sets I don't know what it is about the talks but it just sets you up it just relaxes everyone because it, it feels like as soon as as soon as I walk out there with my disabilities, with the dog, the cane, the walking stick, whatever, people are stood there just like, oh my god, it's a disabled person doing a talk. Yeah. And you always get, I don't know, I, I always feel like there's like this static in the room where there's this awkwardness where people are just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who let them out of the house? What's it going to say? Is it If it coughs, are we going to catch disability? So like how... Are they really disabled, or are they just sponging off the government? Um, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spot the Tory. Sorry, too soon. Um, <laughs> um, was that no, too look, far? David um, Cameron has joined the podcast. <laughs> yeah, let's not get too political. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I was about to. I was about to continue saying something else. I was like, no, actually, I'm, yeah. I'm going to leave that one alone. Uh, yeah, no, no. You're right. I mean, even like. I mean, do you remember June when we were at R and C and we had like you know some new students and both you and I referred to our guide dogs like you was it you referred to your guide dog as a blonde bombshell yes. and then I referred to my guide dog as a black beauty in sort of retaliation. Yes. Um, 
like, yeah. in a jokey way, obviously. But it was like, um, I just, I was quite, it sounds so weird to say, but because it's, it's such a weird, I think it says as well, like how your mind is wired where, because you made the blonde bombshell comment and hmm. it was, obviously, you were like the other side of the circle. So I had some time and in my head I was there like, I need to refer to my dog as something. <laughs> just there. and then it's just and then in my head it's just there like okay well we're blonde so we're going on colour he's black uh, black beauty there you go horse nice uh, the horse lovely I, mm-hmm. I think that's quite an important thing in comedy uh, as well is um, knowing uh, knowing when to shut up mm. uh, sorry it kind of sounded a bit rude just like uh, coming around to you so I've, uh, I'll give you a good example so I've got a friend who so for me uh, the idea of a decent banterish conversation um, is you know you make the joke uh, so let's say if it was between you and Juan uh, mm-hmm. so you make the joke Juan retorts you come up with another retort haha that's hilarious let's move on whereas I know one person um, who decides that even after 10 minutes of the conversations moved on, you know, you start talking about someone else and then they'll come out with a line and like, oh yeah, you know how we were talking about it? And I'm just like, oh dude, just let it go. I mean, I kind of get what you mean. Have you had the one where, I suppose I'll ask you, because obviously you guys are blind yourselves, how do you feel when fully sighted people make a blind joke depends on who it is that's what I would well say because it's one thing if it's your mates isn't it say I've had it with um, not mates who have tried to do it who's someone who just started making conversation with me and I'm there like I feel it's it's weird isn't it because so say it actually happened to me yesterday at the time of recording funnily enough um, where a drunk guy stopped me um, and started talking to me, which is always fun, um, mm. <laughs> especially you know when you're a, I, when you're a person with autism and stuff. It's very well, um, it's very sort of there. Like I don't like talking to people. <laughs> I usually kind of whenever I get kind of stopped like that in the street, um, I usually kind of in my head I think, oh, it's one of the local wildlife. <laughs> uh, yeah, in some ways, but at one point. <laughs> He he was making conversation, and I, it's one of those things that I really struggle with. And again, this might be me. I'm very aware at times. This might be me being autistic, but I'm there. Like, so I don't want to be rude, but at the same time, I don't want to be here. I'm going to try and continue the conversation, and then I'll try and work out a way of going, even though I'm not very good at that. So, you know, um, we talk. He asks me about hobbies. I say I like watching films, to which he goes... Oh, you know, you made, you know, do you actually watch them, sort of thing? And, it's, uh-huh. and he like, and he says, uh, "Sorry, mate, just making a joke there." And I'm there, like, uh huh. And it's one of those things in my head. It's there, like, I've made that joke multiple times, yeah, many times. But in the moment where he's made it, my mind has gone, "You're a knob," <laughs> just there, like, yeah. And so, yeah. like, uh, and yeah, I just find it. It's it's yeah. really it's really an it's an odd feeling, and some people may think I'm over analysing it. But like I said, it's like I've made that I've said that so many times, and yet someone has said it to me, and I'm there like, you know, 
like I said, so you're you're a tit. I, I, I've got a thing amongst some of my friends where they have the blind card. Mm. Um, so it's basically like um, uh, so one of the groups of people I play D and D with. All of them have the card besides one person. But it's a running joke, you, you know, between us both. Like, if he comes out with a joke uh, to do with my site, I'll be like, oh, there you go, there's your card back. I'll allow that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then every now and again, oh, that was just ill-timed, give me that card back. But it's a running <laughs> joke, and it's amongst friends. Yeah. But if a random member of the public made a similar comment that somebody made yesterday to yourself, or, you know... Any joke that me and Juan have amongst ourselves or any of my really, really close friends. Sorry, you are really, really one of my close uh, bromances. Don't worry, Juan. Well, 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 well. Bromances, there are multiple. (gasps) (laughs) Uh, Can we do an edit, please? Edit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, it's... It is definitely just who says it when. Yeah, um, and I you, think it's it's also how it's said as well. It's not yes. just who and when. It's kind of if it is just a uh, you know yeah because you can't see <laughs> and it's just like uh, yeah you know, it's, there it's needs not to be enough. Yeah, there needs to be a little bit of you know context, a little bit of nuance to it because you know pointing out that you can't see isn't a joke in of itself you know where is the joke in that you can't see that's not a joke that's a statement i was gonna say thank um, you for pointing that out to me i'd never known well yeah that's just it and i, just, <laughs> I did turn around to somebody once um and kind of you know i can't remember where i was but it was somebody who i knew semi but not great and you know some of my friends and they tried to join in just you you know yeah because you're blind and i just went who told you that? I don't even know. Um, and it was yeah. just, you know, uh, yeah, but it's, um, yeah, it's just, it's groups when to use jokes. And yeah, the context of the joke and the nuance of it, if it's actually, if it's actually, you know, not just a blunt statement, if you can work it into something. But it's, it's so difficult for people to judge. You know, we have to appreciate that. It is incredibly difficult for, it is people to judge sometimes, but, but at the same time, I feel like isn't because it's it's often what I've said when it comes. It's a similar sort of principle to me when it comes to um, uh, stroking guide dogs, mm. and you, people may not see the connection here, so bear with me. But when people just randomly stroke my guide dog or anyone's guide dog, obviously that's annoying because they shouldn't. They shouldn't. They're not. They're not supposed to. All that stuff. You may. You may. If you get the chance, obviously you can tell them, uh, and then you go through the whole hassle of them acting like you've slapped them. But anyway, uh, mm-hmm. and but my point is though, to me, it's the general principle. You shouldn't just go and touch someone's dog. That's like I was always brought with that. Whether they they're on harness or not, like even a regular dog, like you always ask the person first. Yeah, I, because because you I, don't I, know what the dog's going to be like, maybe, all that you know, just anything like that. That was always that's in my head, and it's a similar sort of thing when it comes to making jokes about people. In the sense of, if you don't know them very well, surely, like I get it. Like if if 
people are intoxicated, that may be different. But as far as a sober gathering, you know, if you don't know people very well and they're a minority, you know, because we're talking about disability because that's what we all are. But, you know, if they're a racial minority, you know, part of the LGBTQIA plus community, you know, all that, like, it's a similar sort of print. You're not going to just, you know, be there like, you know, oh, well, you're, you know, you're very camp, so ha ha ha, like, unless if you're friends with them or, you know, and all that stuff, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, surely, like, the principle is should be the same. I mean, the case of a guide dog, though, it seems very clear to me that no matter how old a person is, you, obviously not everyone's a dog person, but for the majority, I think it's fair to say, for the majority, when they see a dog, just any, any rationale, any, you know, adult behaviour seems to go out the window because they're just like, ooh, dog! <laughs> yeah. Apologies if that was a bit of a tirade. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's no okay. it, com- it completely made sense and um, I don't know what it is since uh, well, I, I, I've been sat there in a park and a dog will come up to me you know, basically wanting attention, but if I if, if I can't speak to the owner, I'm like, no, nah, mate, go away. Yeah, same. I've done that as well. Like when I'm when I'm out on a free run with my current guide dog, you know, and another dog comes up to me, I'm always there. Like, where's the owner? Where's the owner? <laughs> so yeah. so I, I'm not I'm not going to purposely, you know, stroke the dog because yeah, I, I haven't you, had you the permission. Even, you don't know whether that dog is under like strict routine or something like a guide dog so you know because we all know any guide dog off a harness is will literally just run up to anyone pretty much um and same with any dog if it's not on a lead it will just run up to any human and just be like hi show me attention a bit like me when i'm not on my lead Your move, Joan. <laughs> I missed what was said because <laughs> I heard what Dave said, but what what did Callum, Callum came in oh, at no, the same time. Sorry, yeah, yeah, that was. I just made the quip of saying, like, you know, in specifically in that voice. Just imagining all <laughs> dogs now in that voice. Just ah, give me attention. <laughs> yes, Toby ah, and Dave's Alan Partridge voice. <laughs> give me attention. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I don't know. Do you have any thought on what? Being said, Dewan, or should we move on to something else? <laughs> yeah, as I said, it's always. I think it's always difficult to judge. I think with dogs, it's kind of it's very easy with dogs because there is the generally, you know, if you don't know the dog, if it's not your dog, always ask them permission first. But yeah, with come back to the comedy and the jokes, it's mm. as I said. I think it's just really tricky for people to gauge, and I find it sometimes tricky for my family to gauge as well sometimes and it also depends what mood i'm in whether i'm actually in a mood to go yeah that was quite funny no that's or true whether too. i'm quite tired or sore or grumpy and a joke's made and i just smile and go yeah i think i trust my friends enough where uh, actually i have had it on one occasion where i think somebody made a joke but i wasn't in the best of moods mm. and i was just kind of like can we not today please yeah. 
we move on. Yeah, mm. no, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, did um, just thinking about it, did any of you know of any disabled comedians whilst you were growing up? Growing up, no, nope, nope, none at all. None growing up. I know there's a few out um, who have like come more to prominence uh, recently. Um, but definitely when growing up, I think the first time I actually came across a disabled person doing stand-up comedy was a kid called, I think it was Jack Carroll on Britain's Got Talent. He had cerebral palsy. He was like 15 or something. Yes, that rings a bell. Yeah, Yeah, Jack Carroll. Yeah. I don't know if he actually is still like, I don't know what he's doing now because that was probably 10 years ago. I'm pretty sure I was I was in Thomas Hardy's that was my sixth form but uh, yeah I that's the only one I can think of because like I said now I know there's uh, Rosie Jones who has cerebral mm-hmm. palsy uh, I've recently come across again funnily enough through the last leg um, you know you've got Chris McCausland who's blind Obviously, Adam Hills. He's he's disabled. I don't know why in my head I forgot about that. Actually, he's the first stand. He's the first disabled comedian I came across. Yes. So I don't know why I forgot that um, when yeah, saying that. Yeah, and, and and him taking his leg off on stage uh, felt like a breath of fresh air. At yeah. Watching mm-hmm. it, to be honest, because it's like, oh my god, this yeah. guy's actually making light of his own disability. Yeah, because I think it was on live at the Apollo that I first saw him, and he actually makes a joke about walking through the um, detectors in an airport after after (laughs) 9-11. Where his leg leg just, obviously his leg set off the detectors, and then, yeah, they they pat him down, hit the legs, like, right, what's going on down there? Oh, it's a fake leg. Oh, I'm sorry, mate, go through. Go through. Go through. through. And he said, are you sure you want to check? There might be a knife. And he just had a look. He's like, no, mate, go through. And he had a look on his face like going, I don't care if the plane goes down. I don't want to offend a spastic. Just go. (laughs) Apologies to anyone who's offended by the word, but it was needed for the context of the joke. It's a direct quote from the show. Yeah, I was just going to say the same. It's a direct quote from the show. And it's just... I'm like, yeah... It's just such a beautiful... It was just such a good... Because I think we all had the same reaction where we all... As Dave said, it was a breath of fresh air where you sit there and go, yes! Because that's what you get sometimes is that, oh, no, I'm out. I don't want to offend the... You know, I don't want to offend the blindy. I don't want to offend the spastic. I don't no, want to offend cause, cause any I, other term that people use. Because yeah. I even had like... What was it? I remember I had to... So I was walking to the cinema and to go to the cinema, you have to go through the train station here. And so I went up the lift because uh, I try and use lifts more than going up and down stairs repeatedly on a long walk, especially because of my, you know, my dog's getting older. You know, I'm aware of if I can get less stress on his legs, the better. Uh, but basically, the I got assistance obviously doing that. The guy, they were fine with what I was doing. The guy and the guy was just saying, oh, so what are you doing? I was there like, I said, oh, I'm going to cinema. And he was like, oh, what film are you going to watch? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> just, like, just uh, it's it's fine, mate. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. the cinema. You're allowed to ask what I'm watching. Yeah. <laughs> I genuinely have known uh, some uh, blind people to be offended by the terms. Oh, did you see that on TV? Or oh, did you see that? Or did, I've come oh, across did it as well. That? Yeah, it's general and, speak. Um, it's like you it, know. It, yeah. yeah. Somebody said it to me and then go gone. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. And it's like no, it's 
genuinely what people yeah. say. I or say it all you the watch time. Watch the telly and listen say, to radio. Yeah. I, I, I've I've genuinely said to people as well. Oh, did you watch that on the radio last night? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing as well. I'll say to people as well. Like when people they're like, oh, what are you watching? Oh, sorry, and I'm there. No, it's fine because watching is listening and seeing. So mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned, I do watch. Anyway, like you know, it's not like you know, you know. Obviously, there was a time when you know it was only silent movies, but you know that was long ago. You know, so you know, listening is part well, of it. Well, philosophically, for the deaf, when they watch telly, yes, that's uh, well. Then that's a different situation for them, but, isn't it? I'm just talking yeah. about for myself. I, I think. For yeah, myself, I've, watching is yeah. listening. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what it is. Yes, you are correct. As so as someone who's fully deaf, then yes. But then, what, are you going to... I think but it I comes think watching, more towards Watching is associated the... with visual, isn't it? To be it fair, is. Well, I think it's... Because that's it's... why I don't think if someone said watching to a deaf person, as far as signing, yeah. they would then think, oh, I've said something wrong. Yeah. I think it's to do with kind of visual and movement. For me, watching is vis- visual and movement. It depends on, you know, the mode. If you're watching a bird flying or something like that, yeah, I suppose you so. know, it's different to looking at a painting, watching telly, listening to radio, but it's all... Oh, I, I always say to people, when people are just like, oh, you know, what did you watch? Oh, no. And I'm just like, no, no, it's, it's modern parlance. It's general speak. Don't yeah, change don't, your language. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. obviously, you would like... Is there, like, you know, as the, as the disabled community, yes, you want to be treated better, but I'm not expecting, like, general speak to be changed. <laughs> it's like, you know, especially when I myself, as we're saying, it's there, like, I'll be there, like, oh, I watched this movie the other day. You know, I said, or I'll, you know, I've, I've I've made jokes with it where, say, in text conversations, I'd often say to my mates when we arrange to meet up, I'd be there, like, oh, hear you tomorrow. But I've never really said, <laughs> but I've never really said it out loud. I do normally say, yeah, yeah, see you later, because it's just general speak. Yeah, I uh, so when uh, so I love people watching, but for me, people watching is listening. Mm. Uh, but y- you know, you do get some int- interesting snippets, don't you? Yeah, and it's a general term to say I people watch. Yes, <laughs> I love it when they don't think that you know that they are there. So you know they're there. They're just like, oh look, there's a guide dog over there, and I'm just sat there, just like, hey look, no, there's an idiot know, over thank there. Thank you, Captain Obvious. I was, I was going to mention, you know, no <laughs> Sherlock, but thank you, yes. Captain Obvious, as if I didn't know that I have a guide dog. <laughs> and it's when people treat you as stupid. Um. No, I've I've had that. With it's but it's really yeah, it's really odd when that happens. I don't when people do that. To what you said there, snippets of conversation are always fun and you get some interesting ones. The one that always sticks out in my mind is when I was at uni and I heard a guy say is there like Yeah, so so I so I had her underwear on. And it's one of those ones that always, always made me laugh in the sense of obviously this is no shame at the guy because I'm just it's there, yeah, like, you know you yeah. do you know well, whatever whatever worse. works for you mate but just in you know honestly no issue um, but I'm just yeah. I just heard it and it just in I think it's just that immature part of my brain that was just there like it's there like I but want to hear more what I I usually kind of refer to it as an occupational hazard. Um, because of the blindness, because you do pick up little snippets every now and then, yeah. and I do, you know, a coworker or say, and then they'll just say like a phrase or something like that, and I'll just turn and be like, eh, and I'm just like, I'm really sorry, I don't mean to listen in, but it is an occupational hazard with the sensitive hearing. But you know, I've got this view on it, 
And it is really bad sometimes because you don't want to listen, but you know sometimes things come through. Um, but it's then it's then yeah, it's how to how to make it seem like you're not listening. <laughs> listening yeah. My, my wife has said that she's learned to she can tell when I'm listening to people or mm-hmm. in the sense the, the big one she says is when if I hear a snippet of conversation about some, someone talking about Marvel or DC and my wife like, says uh, she can see like ev- like I'm fighting every urge to turn around <laughs> and be there like it's there, it's there like you know fellow nerds <laughs> just <laughs> let me join in I was uh, I, I, I was just uh, sat there uh, just before Christmas and these two people walked past and they were talking about um, how they'd already been whammed. <laughs> yes, and, whamageddon. And I don't know why, but I felt the need to speak to them. I was like, oh yeah, last year I didn't get whammed until the 1st of January, whereas this year, 1st of December. And they were both just looking at me like, why Why were you a part of this conversation? Yeah. Are you aware of Whamageddon, Callum? Whamageddon? Yeah. Uh, I mean, so, I could guess, but it's not a term I'd actually heard before. It's Yeah, so what it is, is coming up to the Christmas, it starts at midnight on the 1st of December, right. and it's a game, and it's it, this is played like across the English-speaking world, it's trying to avoid last Christmas by Wham until Christmas Day, and there are genuinely Facebook groups, and it is a thing you <laughs> type in on Facebook Whamageddon, type in on the internet Whamageddon, but it's trying to see how long you can survive from the first of December until the twenty-first of December without being whammed or you know twenty-fifth of December. That one, twenty-fifth of December. That. Like I, yeah. I, I, I know you may I know have it's... a different Christmas day on the Isle of Man, but for the rest of the <laughs> I was world, just thinking he celebrates it's the winter twenty fifth. Yeah. Hey, we uh, have uh, the old Manx New Year's Day or something like the sixth of January. So, to be honest, what, you're not Free King's Day. <laughs> yeah. That's when the Spanish celebrate oh. Christmas. Is it? Yeah, Free King's Day. They actually. This is what I learned in Spanish. So, I i mean, this was years ago. Maybe things have changed. I don't know. But we were taught that they do celebrate Christmas on Christmas Eve, I think. They have a sort of small thing. But their major big thing is, like, on Free Kings Day, which is the 6th of January, where they actually, instead of Santa, they have Free Kings. Like, people dressed up as, uh, you know, the wise men. Mm. It's a little bit different to Four Kings Day. <laughs> yes. Uh, just so you can get that edited out. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, do you know what's funny to me is in some ways I may, I think I probably would have succeeded at that without knowing that game if if it had if it wasn't for my wife who was playing Christmas songs very early mm-hmm. uh, for mm-hmm. me, uh, and I was just there like it's like yeah, so be it. Because I yeah. I don't really listen to any radio either, which is obviously where all the Christmas songs are played. Yep, and going into shops, I'm like genuinely yeah. the kind of the little community they do have posts up saying you know such and such you know Boots Opticians has a Christmas playlist and you know Last Christmas comes on right after um, 
you know, do they know it's Christmas time or Just something like that? Charging for the so, doors. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So you do get people who Feed are the um, world. Get out! Get yeah, out! Get out! That's just it. They they kind of listen to that song, and then they're just like, "No, it's coming up next." And you'll get people trying to avoid certain shops. Whamageddon. It is great fun. But um, which version of uh, Band Aid is it? I mean, I'll be honest. Well, I forgot I just, there was a more modern one. <laughs> until you said yeah. that so uh, the original I guess I mean either version is probably awful yeah <laughs> I guess do they have to specify just be there it's, like, it's after the 1984 band-aid yeah the yeah. other one you're fine with if you can tell them apart yeah we're going into a bit of pointless thing here I think we should probably oh, bring God, this to yeah. an end um <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, I was going to say, uh, hopefully, uh, people find this all right. Uh, thank you for joining me again, uh, Juan and Dave. That's okay. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you to those of you for listening. Uh, again, hope you enjoyed this. Uh, you know, something a little bit different from other episodes. And until next time, goodbye. Well, that was a very informative chat. Hopefully you found it educational and somewhat entertaining. You can follow me on Twitter at TheBlindBrennan. Send an email to TheBlindBrennan at gmail.com or join the Facebook group, Listen With Your Eyes. If you can like, share and rate the podcast, that would be very much appreciated. You've been listening with your eyes and you'll hear us again next time. Thank you.